Dear sis, dear brother, this is for both of you. I want to talk to you about a true story. And I also encourage you to have a pen and paper or take notes because this message is going to bless you. I have a pet peeve I want to share with you. And it is when someone taps me on my shoulder, I don't like that. So I don't know if you ever had that, where that bothers you too. Someone's tapping you on your shoulder and you're like shrugging your shoulders, trying to brush them off to keep them from tapping you. And then if they continue, you say, stop it. What do you want? Well, I'm going to share this with you. God was tapping me on my shoulder. But before I go into detail, I want you to write this down. And this is a homework assignment. I'm giving you a homework assignment before I go into it. I want you to write on your piece of paper. Over the past two years of your life, would you have preferred to get the blessings that you wanted or get the blessings that you need? Because they are both different. So here we go. I'm so excited to share this with you. I really am. Um, Two years ago, God had started tapping me on my shoulder. And he did this over a period of time. I'm not going to say it was all in one day, one week, one month. It was several times over a period of time. So the first time he tapped me on my shoulder, I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I know. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I am. Didn't do it. So some time went past and he did it again. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know you did. You tapped me already. I know. I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it this time. I, I am. I am. I didn't do it. He tapped me again. And I was like, okay, I I know. Okay, this is the third time I know, God, I, 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 you know, I'm going to do it. I, I promise I am. I'm just going to do it. I know, I know what you want me to do. I know, I'm, I know I haven't been listening, but okay, you know, I, I'm going to do it. All I kept doing was making excuses because I wanted what I wanted. And I thought that me ignoring God and what I wanted versus what he wanted me to do, that it was still gonna work out for me. So God, in his infinite wisdom, said, okay, I have tried to get her attention several times. I'm not gonna keep trying. I am going to cause her to stop dead in her tracks. And she's going to listen to me. Yes, he did. And I want to share this with you. There's a lot of people out there that don't believe that God causes calamity. So there's a scripture that I encourage you to look up in your in your spare time. And it is Isaiah 45 verse 7. And this is the International Standard Version. I form light and create darkness. I make well being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. 
So at this time, I was like, I didn't know all of this. I'm being honest. When he stopped me dead in my tracks, I didn't even think about what I was doing wrong. I didn't think about what caused this. I was upset. I was mad. I was hurt. And I was blaming, oh, the enemy did this. And I'm not saying the enemy, excuse me, I'm not saying the enemy doesn't cause things to happen. But I want you to write this down. The enemy can cause things to happen in your life. You can cause things to happen in your life due to being disobedient or walking in sin. Or God can cause calamity, something to happen in your life to get your attention. So as this trial was going on, because I want to call it a trial, I didn't recognize it. I was trying to get out of it. I was trying to resist it. I was trying to blame other things and other people trying to get out of this because I didn't like it. I didn't want to be in it. So to give you the background of what it was, God showed me that you were making your job your God. You were a workaholic. You made your boss your God. And in his word, he is very clear. And this is another scripture I want to share with you. And it's in Exodus 34, verse 14 from the ESV. For you shall worship no other God. And that's lowercase g. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. So I was like, okay, God, you have my attention what you know like what what's going on and he said you've made those things your job your boss and a workaholic working non-stop working crazy hours working your god and i've been trying to get your attention trying to tell you i needed you to leave this position because it was consuming you it was consuming your life you were pleasing that boss you were bending over backwards for your boss for that job, but you were not pleasing me. You were not bending over backwards for me. I'm the one who created you. I am the one who made you fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the one that created you in your mother's womb. I'm the one that created you before the foundations of the earth. I am the one. I am the one, not a job, not a boss. I am. And I was like, wow. And after a while, this did not happen right away. I said, Father, um, I repent. Forgive me for being a workaholic. Forgive me for putting the job before anything else, before you, before my family, before myself. Forgive me for trying to please that boss and bending over backwards. I ask for your forgiveness. And it is so wonderful that we serve a God that says, I will forgive you of your trespasses. And that he puts our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, he does not bring our sin back up to us once we repent. 
We are the ones that bring it back up. We are the ones that are dealing with guilt. We are the ones that are feeling shame. We are the ones that are going through the process of saying, well, God hasn't forgiven me. No, he has because his word is true. He's a God that shall not lie and his word does not return unto him void. It does everything that is perfected to do. It is us in our heart posture and how we think and how we feel and how we react. So I repented. And God said, if you would have listened to me those times I was tapping you on your shoulder, I was trying to bring you out of this place and giving you a way of escape before things got worse, but you didn't listen. So as I was trying to protect you, trying to move you to your next, to your blessing, you had to go down a different path that I didn't want for you. So if you have friends or if you hear anybody who says, oh, my life is so great, it's so amazing, it's so wonderful, I don't have any issues, no problems, oh, yes, 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 then I would say you need to question that person. And I'm not necessarily saying question them per se, but sit back and say, okay, either that person is lying or either that person is on the fence of a relationship with God, of being a believer. Because if we believe and know that Jesus died for our sins and rose so we could have eternal life, he took on our sicknesses, our diseases, our sins, and nailed them to the cross by shedding his blood. If we know that he suffered, why would we not endure trials. There is scripture that confirms that as believers, we are going to go through various trials. James 1 verses 2 through 4 ESV. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing so we're going to go through various trials it's it's clear i just read it so again if someone's saying that you got to question that because that's not true so during this time of course of two years I was like still fighting, still trying to pull myself out of what transpired in my life and seeking different things and doing different things and still no resolution. Then one day it all hit me like a ton of bricks. I realized that if I had not gone through, even though God was trying to pull me out, and even though I was disobedient, I had to ask for forgiveness and repent for being disobedient and not listening to him. Even though I wasn't obedient to what he wanted me to do, he still blessed me in the midst of my trial. So, when I was thinking about this, 
And the Holy Spirit said to me, Cheryl, would you still want the blessing of what you wanted? Or would you want the blessing from God of what you need? I choose the blessing from God of what I need because he knows what's best for me. And and I encourage you to go read this scripture. It's Isaiah 58, excuse me, Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9, where it says God talks about his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. So the bigger picture, God knows the bigger picture. God sees the bigger picture. And God said this, if I would have allowed you to stay where you were at and have what you wanted, Look at what you would have missed. I have met some amazing women the past two years, and I'm going to shout them out. I have to shout them out. I'm going to say their first name, and I'm going to say thank you because I have been blessed by even coming into contact with you and learning from you and taking what God wanted to give what I needed from each and every single one of you. So I want to thank, and it's not in any order of importance, I want to thank Tiona. I want to thank April. I want to thank Veronica and Nicole and Stephanie and Adrian and Sparkle and Norma and Lynn. I want to thank Brandy. I want to thank Dupay. I want to thank these ladies, Dr. Harrington. I want to thank Simone. I want to thank so many. There's so many women. There's so many organizations, especially the Bible studies that I've been able to be privy to. I have learned so much about myself, my identity, growing closer in an intimate relationship with God, understanding how he is building my character and molding me as I am the clay and as he is the potter into the woman that God has created me to be, into his image because we are created in his image and his likeness. And if we are to be imitators of God and we are created in his image and likeness, that means we have to allow him to transform us into his character. And once you have one characteristic down, he will move you to your next and he will create in you that characteristic as well. We're going to take a short break. Thank you. back. I just wanted to give you a minute to just whew, just breathe and take all of that in because that's a lot. That is a lot that I've shared. And the amazing Bible studies I've been a part of, the amazing mentorship programs that I have been able to be a part of, getting introduced to different gospel artists I've never heard of, getting introduced to different sermons, different teachings, 
really learning about so many different things that I'm going to share in another podcast that has been such a blessing to me. And out of this also came a book called Unmasking the Enemy, I Survived What Was Meant for Evil. Out of this trial came fruit, came revelation, came growth, came me going to the next level in my relationship with him, getting clarity on my purpose, understanding the God that we serve and who God is and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is in having relationship and, and being conformed and transformed and renewed and being refined as silver is absolutely amazing. And I'm so grateful and so thankful, even though this trial was meant to hurt me, even after God, God brought me to the revelation of what was going on and I had the truth, then came in the enemy. So if you say, I can, I can say this with boldness, I understand what it's like to be thrown in a pit like Joseph. I know what it's like to have your family throw you in a pit. I know what it's like to have a Job experience when you're losing everything and you're just like questioning God and you're questioning yourself, you're questioning your existence. I know what it's like to be in the lion's den as Daniel was where I'm faced with my enemies who want to attack and tear me up to destroy me. I know what it's like to be in the fiery furnace as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be put in the belly of a fish because I was disobedient to God and I couldn't get out on my own because I was running from what he wanted me to do. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in the wilderness trying to get to the promised land. And the promised land is just over the hill. I know what it's like. And I know there's many of you who knows what it's like to go through these things, to be able to put yourself in the shoes of the many people that God spoke about in his word. I know what it's like to be in jail like Paul and Silas and and God is breaking the chains off. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to run and hide in a cave as David did when Saul was coming after his life. I know what it's like to face my Goliath and God has given me and you all the tools to defeat the Goliaths in our life. All God wants from us is to be obedient, to put him in his proper place as head of our life, that he comes first and foremost before anything and anybody. I know what it's like to be blessed. I know what it's like to lose. As Paul said, Paul said, I know what it was like to have a lot and then to not have anything. I know what it's like. 
And this message is to encourage you, to inspire you, to motivate you to surrender yourself to God. And yes, it is not easy because you will want to pick it back up and take it because I have done that numerous times on this journey of I'm like, well, God, I'm picking it back up because I know you got so much to do and help others. And no, I'm lying. I was lying. God said, no, you picked it back up because you don't believe that I can do what my word says I can do. You don't trust me to be there for you. You don't trust me to supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You don't trust that what I say shall come to pass, you'll come to pass. You don't trust when I say, if you delight in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. You don't trust in me because you have misplaced your trust of people hurting you and betraying you. You have put it on me and I am your God. I'm your father. I'm your creator. You are the apple of my eye. It is time to stop allowing our emotions. It's time to stop allowing our past. It's time to stop allowing people to tell us who we are because God says who we are because he created us. He loves us unconditionally. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And it is in his word that he is good to everything he created. Because on day six, when he made man, he said, it is very good. If you are unsure of who you are, if you're unsure of what's going on, get in the word of God. Repent, pray, fast, worship, study the word. Ask him to conform you to his image. Ask him to transform you, to renew your mind. Ask him to creating you a clean heart. According to Psalm 51, that's what David asked. He says, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. God's blessings are better than the blessings that we want. He will still give you what you want, but let him give you what you need first. And once you get what you need, then you will see that your needs and your wants are equally the same. I want to encourage you that there is peace in the midst of a storm. There's blessings in the midst of a storm. There is joy. There is renewal. There is restoration. There's healing. There's growth. There's promises. There is so much love that God has for you. I hope this message has made you see or caused you to look at your past two years. If you've gone through anything as a lesson, but as God's love for you and for me in the midst of what we're going through and have gone through. This has been Dr. Cheryl Peavy. I thank you. And if you are on the fence, if you're listening to this message and you're not sure if God loves you or you want to have a relationship with God, all you have to do is confess your sins, repent, and allow God to to love you with his love and show you the way.